if I give myself permission and I and I embrace the fear and I go after what I want, then I won't I won't be in the same place that I was when I first started because that's impossible. If you're if you're taking action and and working to do what you love, then there's no way for you not to grow and make progress. Hi everybody, welcome to Waves Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. If you are wondering about what you should do with your life, if you have a new project in mind and need to be inspired or motivated, if you feel lost, if you want to learn stuff, well congratulations, you are in the right place. Every week I interview some amazing men and women and question them about the journeys that have been their lives and all the area of expertise. It can be YouTubers, musicians, bloggers, actors, athletes, influencers, any type of person from any country, any color, any gender, but with one common point, they've decided to do something with their lives. Something they like, something they believe in, they've decided to act, they've decided to make waves. This is Waves Podcast, I'm Max Solaro and my guest this week is Rebecca Nurse. Tough name to say for me, but what an amazing guest. <laughs> Rebecca is an actor, she can be seen in theater plays, musicals, TV stuff, and on Netflix a little, in The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And this episode was super interesting for me as someone who's considering trying to become an actor at one point and also writing stuff like movies or series. I mean, I still don't know what to do in life yet, but this podcast is really helping me select ideas and this episode in particular. So if you're interested by this whole universe of acting and movies and theater, etc., this episode is for you. Uh, we talked about where to go if you want to become an actor, how to do it, how it works, And then we talked about some very deep stuff. I had to take a break and think sometimes when Rebecca talked about how doubts and failures are natural and normal and how embracing your fears and working towards your goals will always bring some sort of growth and progress no matter what happens. Um, I mean, I could just talk about it for hours, but it's better you just listen to it. Um, as usual, if you enjoy this, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, subscribe on Spotify, comment on YouTube, follow us on social media, all of the things, it helps a lot. Or just send this podcast to someone who might need some motivation, who wants to be an actor, etc. That way you help me and them. And yeah, happy listening. So, uh, hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm, as I just said, I'm tired and I say this in every episode. So we'll just go over this and start the, <laughs> <laughs> and start the interview. Um, so can you introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Rebecca and uh, I live in the U.S. I'm currently in L.A., but I split my time between L.A. and New York. Um, and I'm an actor here and I have a bunch of other random jobs. And yeah, that's that's the gist of it. <laughs> that's a good start because that's like, as I said yesterday, I mean, it was uh, in the morning for you, but it was yesterday for me. Um, it's like a dream living in New York and Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. It is. I think I think it's it's so cool. Just I, I was just thinking the other day, the fact that like I get to tell people. Oh, I'm I'm gonna you know I'm just going to Hollywood today. <laughs> I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> like it's just that's yeah. just, that's so fun, and and New York too. It's it's so cool to think that so many people dream of of going to New York, and it's mm -hmm. this magical city where where dreams can come true. And I think that once you're in a place for a long period of time, you you kind of start to take it for granted. Uh, and I think that 
coming back and forth from LA to New York has been really incredible for me because it reminds me of the magic of both places and mm. and just walking around and and seeing the city with fresh eyes is is a real gift uh because mm. it really is it really is magical yeah well i actually dream of going to uh, la and i think mainly new york though like i was playing a video game spider-man like uh, maybe last week uh -huh. and i realized that you live there like i mean <laughs> you, go, you actually go there <laughs> yeah yeah well it's funny too because there sometimes like in la there are tv shows that that shoot in la but they're supposed to take place in new york and new yorkers yeah. know when we see them filming subway scenes and the subway mm. does not look like the new york subway cars we we can tell the difference but it's it's so funny i i, I would imagine that the spider-man recreation of new york is is pretty accurate with all of the technology that they have nowadays yeah i mean i've heard it is and, and that's actually something i thought about uh, very recently Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's like my favorite show now, I mean, these days. Um, is it recorded in LA or in New York? Uh, I think it's LA. It, it wow. is. I have a friend who um, shadow directed. He, he, he kind of followed the director around mm -hmm. uh, for a day and, and he lives in LA. So yes, that's, that's an LA show, but it takes place. And same with, wow. with Will and Grace and any, any multicam sitcom. They all, they all mm -hmm. shoot in LA. But a bunch of them take place wow. in New York. They're lying to us. <laughs> I know. I know. I guess though. I guess that's what what television and and film and theater are. You know, it's it's a, a fake world that feels so real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It kind of is, and that's like the whole point actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, speaking of uh, acting, etc. My first question will be: How did you um, discover acting? Like, what was your first contact with? I don't know, movies or shows and, you know. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know, it's a hard question. <laughs> I mean, uh, my first unofficial experience with acting was probably, I was one of those kids. I have a younger sister. We're three years apart. And I would make up stories and force her to, to perform them with me. In my mind, as, as a little girl, I thought that she was loving it. I only learned later on that <laughs> she, she did not enjoy it as much as me. Uh, um, and then I would, we would get together. We have childhood friends that we would see every year. And um, I would write a play. And then the other girl who was my age would direct it. And our, our two sisters would be in it. And it would be about princesses or mermaids solving crime or going on adventures and we we took ourselves so seriously it would be a very very long show and we had our our parents make costumes for us and then we would perform in a living room or something like that and i remember very distinctly if if our parents started to talk at all we would stop the show and give them the dirtiest looks <laughs> until they were quiet again so we could continue. Uh, I, I think that's probably pretty common for most most people, though, is, you know, getting together, making up stories, playing pretend. Mm. And it really wasn't until I was probably in maybe eighth grade that I started to to take it seriously as, as something that people actually do as careers. Because I think mm. that growing up, it's it's not something that you necessarily grow up thinking oh that's a that's an actual career that you can do every mm. day and make money doing and sustain yeah. a life with i i at one point wanted to be a writer 
Um, and then at one point after that, I wanted to be a, a broadcast journalist. And then I realized that I actually really just wanted to be an actor, but didn't know that was something that I could admit wanting to be. Um, and then my my first professional theater job. So then in, in middle school and in high school, I did a lot of, I did school plays and I went to an after school performing arts school and we would take singing lessons and dancing classes. And I was in a musical theater troupe and we went to Disney World to perform. And then when I was in college, I majored in, uh, in acting. Oh, okay. And then I booked my first professional theater show, which is, which is paid and uh, it was a regional theater production and that was very cool because that was the first time that it ever made money from acting mm. and and doing something that i loved so that was that was very exciting but that's that's the unofficial and then the the official <laughs> version yeah well that's very impressive actually like how old were you when you started to write stuff etc uh i as for as long as i can remember i've been making up stories so probably probably maybe seven or eight when I started wow. of course the stories were taken you know I, I liked the little mermaid so one of the stories we were mermaids mm. in and I'm sure it was I'm sure it was very much inspired by that and I loved the princess mm. bride growing up I don't know if you've seen that movie no oh it's so it's so good and so um, we were at, at one point that's that's where the princesses on an adventure story came from uh, because you know you you write what you know or you write what you've what you've seen and what's familiar to you and you kind of let your imagination take you from there um, and I actually mm -hmm. just uh, in April produced my first short film that I I uh, came up with the idea with and then I co-wrote with a friend of mine who's who's very very talented uh, and did probably uh, the majority of, of the actual writing of the scenes I came with a with the outline of what I wanted to have happen um so it's it's cool that i've kind of stumbled into into writing again but that's something that a lot of actors are, are doing nowadays there's so many people who mm -hmm. are are not just actors they're uh you know the multi-hyphenates where they're actors writers producers showrunners all sorts of things yeah that's what i was going to say like nowadays especially with like new technologies etc um i actually saw a post on instagram yesterday from Sarah Fong, which was, uh, I mean, I interviewed her in the first episode. Um, she was yeah, I, I watched, I watched part of that one. <laughs> okay. I listened, listened to it yeah. rather. <laughs> and like she was saying that, um, like an influencer nowadays, he's like uh, a video director, a, so, a social media manager, like she does everything herself. And that's like impressive because nowadays everybody's doing everything on their own. And that means that creativity is even freer than before. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think there's this, there's this whole idea that, that someone has to give you permission to, to do something or to do what you love. Yes. Uh, and, and as actors or as, as creatives, I, I love the idea that we now don't have to wait for the permission to be granted in order to do something that mm. we we can create vehicles for ourselves and tell help tell other people's stories and uh, you know we don't I don't have to wait to be hired for a job in order to to get to to do something that I feel passionately about yeah and I think that's I think that's new I I feel like that's something that hasn't 
hasn't happened until maybe the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. And now people can make podcasts and people can self-publish books and people can uh, create create films and roles for themselves and they can go to major film festivals and and they're people who now have TV shows. I I, I love uh, Rachel Bloom. She has a show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you've, you've have you have you heard of it? I have a friend who is a fan, but like, you can't even imagine how much she loves it. And she's so mad at me that I still haven't watched it. <laughs> oh, it's it's just, it's so brilliantly done. And it's so cool that she's someone who started out, I think, doing doing videos on her own and, and ended up creating this incredible vehicle. Mm-hmm. And now it exists on a television network with with multiple seasons. And it's it's not something that, you've seen on TV before. Mm. And it's just, and she, she did that, I think with a co-creator. Um, but it's just, it's really cool. There's a show on uh, TV land called Teachers. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. They, it was a group of women who did improv in Chicago and created a bunch of sketches on a YouTube channel. And, and Somehow someone saw that and that led to meetings, I'm guessing, and, mm-hmm. and now they have their own show. That's... So who knows where your podcast could go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to end up on like US TV, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> expectations. <laughs> really, really anything, anything could be possible in, in today's day and age. Yeah. And that's like, um, I mean, it's weird because I'm from France and in France everything is a bit smaller than the US obviously because we don't export as much uh, like movies etc and it's kind of like it has a very strong impact on the way we see art and you know like movies and creation etc because um I mean in the US it's it's a job to make movies etc right mm-hmm. you you have schools for that yeah yes yeah yeah but the difference is that in France everybody sees this as uh, we see creation as something that, you know, like someone who's like writing, uh, I don't know, there's a candle lit in the background, he's writing with a, <laughs> with a quill, and you know, like someone who's like inspired like Shakespeare or something, <laughs> and that's just not how uh, art works at all, and the US sees that as an industry, and we see that as something that's completely uh, almost like uh, spiritual, but the reality is that it's very different than, I mean, it's something in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Cause I know I was just talking with someone that I, uh, a, a group of women that I met who were here in LA visiting from Ireland. And they mm-hmm. were saying that, you know, they could never go to a, a studio lot and go to a soundstage and watch a taping of a, of a sitcom or of a TV show because yeah. that's just, that industry doesn't exist in Ireland. Mm-hmm. They were saying that a lot of, you know, they it's a lot of British shows or a lot of American shows. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting. I've never been to to France or Ireland or anywhere in Europe, but I would love I would love to go and just experience the the different culture and lifestyle. Let me know if you do. Uh, but yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the, the difference is that in France, uh, I mean, I'm guessing the difference between Ireland and France on this point is that Ireland is kind of killed by the UK and the US, as you said, because they speak English. But mm-hmm. in France, we have, I mean, we have our own language. So in French Canada, people watch uh, French movies. Also in the north of Africa, 
and you know like it's it, i think we, it's mm-hmm. kind of like something in the middle too but yeah um so we talked about new york and la just before and i had a question but i forgot it now it's come back um <laughs> what is to you the best place to go if you are starting as an actor i think that 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 is a really i think personal question i think oh. that it it really depends on as an actor where you want your focus to be uh so for example i majored in acting and i minored in musical theater in college and i i'm from the east coast so i i knew that i was going to go to new york because most of my training had been in theater uh not as much on camera and i loved oh, okay. that new york has I mean, when you think of theater, you think of New York. It has everything. Yeah. And they also have great TV shows and, and a lot of films that, that come there to, to shoot. Um, it's not as, as large in terms of the number of TV shows and films, but it's, it's growing rapidly. And I, I didn't want to have to choose one or the other. I wanted to do a, a kind of mix of everything, yeah. but focus on theater. So that's so New York was a great fit for me. I think that uh, part of the reason why I've I've transitioned to be bicoastal is because now I realized how much I love sitcoms and comedy and and Disney shows and things like that. And those are all in L.A. There there are uh, very few comedies that shoot in New York, and the ones that shoot in New York are often a bit darker in tone. And so if you want to do comedy or if you want to focus more on TV and film, L.A., I think, is still the traditional go-to place. Um, then there's also Chicago if you're into improv and, and also theater or stand-up. Chicago also has a great theater scene, a great improv scene. Um, and then and now Atlanta, too, in Georgia has really just grown exponentially in terms of the in terms of tv and and film they're kind of becoming a big hub so those i think are the those are the main places to choose between but i went to college in pittsburgh and they have incredible theater companies there i think i think i read in an article that they have the most theaters per square inch in a city (laughs) or something something like that they have a lot of theater and Boston has great theater and they have some some TV shows and films that come through there. And I mean, it's it's not not directly uh, part of the U.S., but it's it's our neighbor. A lot shoots in Vancouver, a lot casts out of L.A. and New York, but they shoot in Vancouver. Um, So I would still say that New York and L.A. are the are the two. They're the two biggest locations to go to but there are a bunch of smaller markets that can be great if if you're getting started and kind of want to be a a bigger fish in a smaller pond versus Mm. jumping right in Um, but it it really depends on it depends on what you want to focus on as an actor and then I think you also have to take into account that you're you're not going to be acting all the time if you're doing theater then Maybe on Broadway you have an open run, but maybe it's a, a one-night-only staged reading or maybe a, a one-week run or a one-month run. And in, in terms of TV, if you're not a series regular, then co-stars, which are uh, 
when you just have a, a couple lines and guest stars, those are um, those are those are one day of work or or sometimes a week of work, but it's it's one day of, of being on set and acting, and then you go back to being unemployed again as an actor. So I think that you also, when determining where you want to move, have to take into account where you're going to be happy as a human, not just where you're going to be happiest as an actor, um, because you have to you have to be the human too <laughs> when you're not employed <laughs> as the actor and not and mm. not want to tear your hair out. Um, yeah, so I think I think that that's also something to kind of to think about too. Is do you do you like sunshine? Do you like um, you know, do you like being near a beach? Uh, do you like a, a laid back mm. environment versus New York is, is very much about the hustle and you take the subway everywhere versus do you want to have a car and New York, you have seasons. Um, so yeah, there's just, they're, they're yeah. very different. Okay. I see. Yeah. But I'm asking this because, um, I mean, I am, I don't know what I want to do. Like, that's why I started this podcast It's basically me trying to find, what to do and how to do it, etc. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know exactly, but I kind of had, I mean, I've had this idea of uh, acting, etc., and writing and doing something related mm -hmm. to this for, like, I mean, since I was, like, I don't know, maybe uh, 10 years old. So I, I asked this actually for me, <laughs> not for the audience. It's, like, personal questions. <laughs> um, well, I think, I think for you, too, specifically, because you are from France, I think that, there are a lot of shows um, in New York that, like The Americans, Madam Secretary, there are a lot of shows in New York that, uh, that shoot there that specifically look for people from, from all over the world. Homeland, you know, there, there are a lot of shows like that mm -hmm. there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a tricky decision, but I think what's really cool, and I love what you said, that you're trying to kind of figure out what you're interested in doing. And you have all sorts of people from YouTubers to people who give TED Talks to actors, uh, to models. And I think that at least in America, it's so interesting that there's this idea that when you turn, you know, you turn 17, you're a senior in high school. And at 18, you go off to college and you're supposed to pick what you want to major in. And, and that's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I think yeah. that it's so common for people not to know what they want to do because they've only been alive for 18 years and, <laughs> yeah. and they haven't been able to explore the different possibilities and things. And even when you do explore something, as we get older, we grow and change and the things that we enjoy grow and change and the things that we value might grow and change. And I, I know like my mom, for example, she's had many, many careers she um she played uh the flute um and and piano and then she became a nurse and then she was a stay-at-home mom and then she taught arts and crafts classes and then she got a second master's in teaching and now she she teaches elementary school but she's had so many different careers most of them are of, of of being of service and kind of educating people in in some way but it's you know she has multiple degrees and has gone mm -hmm. to several schools um because as as your life changes you change too so i think that's kind of great that you're doing this to to explore and learn about the different types of things 
yeah, out there yeah. that are in the creative industries. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out because I know that, yeah, as you said, you don't have to pick one career and do this for like 50 years. But I'm trying to, I mean, before this, I used to study law for two years and I realized it after two years that I hated it. But like, really? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So I was just listening to the teachers and to, you know, my parents who were proud of me being like good at law and I had like good grades, etc. But the thing is, I hated it. And then I ended up, I ended up quitting. Oh, sorry. I ended up quitting uh, after two years. And I was like, you know, when you quit, I mean, when you drop out of uni, it's like you're lost and you have no idea where to go. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I decided that I would do something I like. And I didn't know what it was, but uh, I knew that uh, it would most likely be something international. So I decided to study uh, English to improve my English. And um, I mean, my pronunciation didn't improve that much, but <laughs> the rest is, is better. Um, no, it's great. I'm I. I can understand you perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Actually, for a French person, my accent is almost perfect. <laughs> like really, if you ever if you ever come to France, you will you will, you'll know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so I'm that kind of person who's trying to figure it out. But you, it seems that you know exactly. I mean, you've sort of always had the the idea of becoming an actress, right? Yeah, I think it's. I think it was something that I always knew I liked doing, but it's almost like I had to realize that it was an actual option and then give myself permission to do that mm -hmm. and still even like even when i was considering becoming more bicoastal and and you know being more based in la my whole life has been on the east coast and that was something that was scary to mm -hmm. because you're it's i think it's really scary i always i think it's interesting there's the idea of of, you know, people are afraid of success or yeah. failure. Yeah. And I think that people people don't often think, oh, like you're afraid of success. That's like, that's such a weird thing to be afraid of. But I think, and I think that being afraid of, of failing is seen as much more common. Mm. But I think that there's there's something to the idea of being afraid of success because there's that deep-seated fear that what if, what if you go after what you want with all of your heart and soul and being and nothing happens, you know, or, or what if it does happen yeah. and, and, and then that brings a whole new set of concerns and, 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 you know, what if, what if you succeed, but you're always afraid that people are going to think you're an imposter, you know, I think mm -hmm. that, um, I think that even when you find what you what you love doing and what you know you want to do, it's we still we still have to to remind ourselves and allow ourselves to to go for it because it's easier to stop ourselves from going after what we want because it's safer and it's comfortable and it's what we mm. know. And it's the unknown that's super, super scary, but once once you make the the jump and the leap then that's kind of when when things start to happen so i guess i did always i did always love acting um but it's still it's still something where you're like where i i you know have thought oh well what if i could have gone to law school you know where i could have been a <laughs> stockbroker and and not have some of the same worries that i do in a creative field but like you said, I, I don't know that that's, you know, I don't know that I would be fulfilled 
in an office job. Yeah. And I think that it's it's worth at least going after what you know you love to do mm. and and just and seeing what happens because I realize that if I if I give myself permission and I and I embrace the fear and I go after what I want, then I won't I won't be in the same place that I was when I first started because that's impossible. If you're if you're taking action and and working to do what you love, then there's no way for you not to grow and make progress. Mm -hmm. That's super deep and that's yeah, so true. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, shit, I have to talk. <laughs> I was just listening. Oh, my gosh, uh, that's funny. But, yeah, so you, you were talking about the fact of being uh, afraid of failure. Failure. And it's, like, so me. Like, I mean, I think that the main reason I'm not doing... I mean, I've never even uh, taken acting classes. I was talking about it in the last episode, actually. Like, I'm super interested in this, and I could at least, even if I'm not becoming an actor, I could at least try. But at this, I don't know, it's like I'm kind of scared for some reason of what people might think, if I fail, if I'm bad, etc. And it's just so stupid. And I'm, st I mean, I know it's stupid, but I'm still doing it, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think that's, I think that's such an, a natural uh, part of, of being a human. Yeah. Is that, is that the doubts just creep in. Mm. But I think I would, I would bet that some of the most successful actors and, and most successful people in whatever industry still have those same doubts mm. and and you know it's because you know it's and it's so subjective too as an artist that it's not it's not like you can be like okay you know they checked these boxes that means they're a success that means that they're they're an a plus you know student because it's it's so much about the emotion and feeling and mm. um I think I think acting classes are great. I think that's a great way to get started. And I also think that when when you're starting a new skill, it's it's normal not to be good at it at first. You know, like if you're learning a new language or if you're learning to tie your shoes, you don't you don't know how to do it at first and you you are not good at it and you mess up again and again and then and then you finally you learn how how to tie your shoes and then you can do it forever. Or, you know, riding a bike, you have to do the training wheels first. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that it's totally normal. And I, I think that there are probably some people who do step into an acting class and immediately it's like, oh, this is this is what I meant to do. This is, you know, this is my calling. Mm -hmm. And then I think there are people who have to, it's a skill set and you have to learn the skill set and study it and practice it. Um, but yeah, that's, I think, I think acting classes are great because... The other thing that's interesting about acting is that because it is subjective and because there is no, you know, do A, B, and C, and then you've quote unquote made it, that I, and I, and acting is, is really so, so vulnerable mm. because you are, are kind of, you know, you're, you're stripping down the mask that you wear as a human in society every day. And you're, it's, it's very vulnerable and you're telling stories. And I think that that's kind of scary because as humans, you know, we don't, we don't let all of our baggage show to, to people that we've just met. Only the people that we, we know and love and trust know that about us. Mm. And as an actor, 
those are the things that you have to bring to life because that's what we can relate to as humans. So it is acting is, I think, just something that's scary. Yeah, by definition. But I think the doubts are common. I think the doubts are really common. And I think that as long as you recognize the doubts and remind yourself, okay, maybe, maybe this is just me getting carried away. You know, like everyone else is probably having those same thoughts. I, um, I realized there was last year I went to an event and I, I felt super out of place at first. Mm. And, and I felt like everyone else had, was, was more impressive than me and was, was doing more impressive things. And then I, I realized that just by reframing my thoughts that when I gave myself more power and, you know, like when I walked into the room Mm. with more power, then people responded to me and gave me more power. And that was super, super cool that, um, you know, when you, when you think of yourself as, as, you know, you hold your space and, and you think of yourself as a powerhouse, then Mm. people respond to you that way because, they assume that you are someone important. <laughs> you just have to have to have fake it until mm, yeah. you've convinced other people and yourself. <laughs> mm. That's something that a lot of rappers say. Like I remember Logic saying that, um, you know, rappers usually say I'm rich, etc. I've got money, blah blah blah. blah. And he was saying, like, I'm saying this not because it's true, but because I'm envisioning the future. And I found that, like, super uh, inspiring because in the end, he did become successful. Yeah, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. I have, there's a wonderful, uh, a wonderful actor friend of mine who's also, uh, she kind of goes into the inner workings of, of being a human and being an actor. And she talks a lot about manifesting um, and, and really visualizing visualizing your future and how if if you can feel that excitement for the future and it feels tangible then you've actually shifted the energy that you're putting out into the universe and it's shifting the energy that's going to come back your way and the more that you believe and visualize the the more you you call those things into your life and i really do think that there's there's truth to that 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 you know the the power of of positive thinking and and the power of energy because i don't know i don't know if you see a lot of theater in france but in when you go see a, a show and you know if like you know how sometimes on stage if people are angry on stage they can be on opposite sides of the stage but you can feel the energy between them mm-hmm. and it feels almost like another character in the room because it's just it's so there or if there's a lot of um if people are are um falling in falling in love on stage for their characters for the first time then then you can kind of feel that that passion and that attraction as as tangible energy so i think it's really cool that that the idea that you can make magic happen with with your thoughts and with with the energy that's that's out there and visualizing the things that you want to have in the future and feeling the gratitude as if you already had them. That's, that's going back to like, you know, the book, the secret mm-hmm. that's, I feel like that's very, very the secret. Um, but, but you feel that, that gratitude and it feels so, so real as if it's already happened that, that the universe just sends it your way because it, it thinks that you're, you're 
meant to have it and that you're supposed to have it. Yeah, it's called the, the law of attraction, I think. And yeah. there's like an anecdote, um, like Jim Carrey, I, I, I guess it's true, like I don't know him personally, but like <laughs> he, uh, there's someone who told me that he, when he was like struggling, he wrote himself a check of $1 million. It was like in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And he uh, basically he was struggling, had no money, etc. And he kept like this check helped him visualize the the future and him being successful. And the the check was dated like I think I don't remember the specifics, but like maybe let's say a uh, ninety eight. And maybe in like uh, November ninety eight, he got a role and he got like a big, a huge thing, and uh, he got a million dollars. So. I don't know, it's like super inspiring and almost funny to see how it works, you know? Yeah, oh, I love that. Mm. That's very cool. Yeah, but uh, let's focus, that, I mean, let's focus on you. So... <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to make this about Jim Carrey? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I mean... Your, supposed... He can be your next guest. <laughs> yeah, okay, Let, let's pray. Let's take a minute to pray. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so... My big question is like, how do you like, how do you go from studying and, you know, studying acting, etc. to actually getting an audition? Like, how does it work? Like, what do you actually do? Um, so I like I, I went to college and then I graduated mm -hmm. college and moved to New York a couple months after that with, with some money saved up. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and then I, I there are websites you can go on. There's a website called Backstage and there's a website called Actors Access and and Playbill. And when I first moved to New York, I auditioned for a lot of theater. So um, there's uh, Actors Equity is the union in um, the U.S. for mm -hmm. actors uh, who do theater. And uh, you can you can go to uh, open calls for shows and you're not always seen. Sometimes you wait all day just for the chance to be in the room for a minute and, and mm. have that opportunity. But I did those at first. Um, and then some of the smaller scale, like the off-off-Broadway stuff, you can get actual appointments and time slots for. So I did that. And I ended mm -hmm. up doing uh, a, a, a new musical the first year that I was in New York. And I worked with another company and we premiered a brand new musical and workshopped it and performed. And I did a couple stage readings and I, I found my way just through friends that I, that I knew were in the industry and through those through opportunities that were posted on those websites. Um, I, I kind of found my way into a couple theater companies and got to create plays from scratch with them. And then from there, there are places where you can take classes. And there are also places where you can meet and take like a seminar with casting directors. Uh, casting directors who do TV, casting directors who do film, casting directors who do commercials, casting directors who do theater. And so I started taking those classes to, to get my face out there and, and become more known. I didn't, I just recently got representation, but I didn't have representation when I was in New York. So it was really important because generally the way that it traditionally works is that you have an agent or a manager and they submit you on projects that the, only they can have access to. 
and then they get you an audition appointment and then you audition and then uh, you kind of go from there. But if you don't have an agent or a manager, then you can either go to open calls or, and, and, you know, screenings and events. And uh, so I started taking classes with casting directors so that I could show them my work ethic and show them who I was in the industry, you know, like the types of roles I could play, what my brand was as an actor. Um, and then I started following up with them. Anytime I had news or updates to share, I would invite them to shows I did. And, and most people wouldn't respond. They would open the email, but they're, they're very busy. And uh, most of the time they, they wouldn't be able to come to the shows, but it was less about getting them to come to the shows and more about letting them know that I was working and that I was doing really cool things. Um, and then I found a community of actors in New York who were really great and they created their own work. So I started doing and did one of my own. And, um, and then I did a showcase out in LA and I got representation from that. So now, now I have more people on my team, not just a team of one now <laughs> to help me to submit me for projects and things like that. But really in this industry, and I think in a lot of industries too, it's, it's all about who you know, because if you think of it from a business standpoint, to call in someone for an audition that you don't know at all, that's taking a lot of time out of your day. And as a casting director, for example, you're hired by producers or per studio to cast a project. And if you don't find good options, then you could get fired. So their job depends on bringing people in whose work they know and trust. Mm. So if, if I'm an unknown, then it's a big risk for them and their job to bring me in. So the, the more people who know you and who can kind of be in, fight, fight for you and um, speak on your behalf and, and the more that you can get to know people yourself and form genuine connections with them, mm. it makes you less of a, a, a risk in in terms of, of in terms of, of as a business um yeah entity and that's kind of kind of how how i've been working in the industry is um i got called in for a role on a television show to audition for it because i i had met someone in a class and then kept in touch with them um mm. but it really it also you know someone Someone might be the, the daughter of a famous director and want to act and, and have their into the industry that way. But it really just there's mm -hmm. there's no wrong way and there's no well I'm well there probably there probably is a wrong way. But there's no <laughs> there's no right you should way. Try to find the shit if you want. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no one way mm. into acting. Um so that's that's my path and that's my story, but everyone you ask is probably gonna give you a different answer okay i see yeah because i mean to me it seems that i mean first of all i knew what you said about uh, agents etc and i realized it recently with a show which i want to talk about because i just thought of it and i'm like i, I just loved it so much and it's a french show and it's quite rare to have a good french show so um it's also on netflix in the uk so probably in the us too it's called call my agent and it's like about well about agents etc it's like famous french actors and their uh, agents, and you also have like starting, um, like you know, actors that are starting, and you can't, can't you kind of see how it works with like um, the um, 
um, the, the scenario being written and given to how is it called an agency mm-hmm. okay it's given to an agency then they read it and then they try to find uh like a producer and uh, like everything and it's, it's really an awesome show so yeah that's like uh, a bit of advertising <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah i'll have to i'll have to see if it's on if it's on netflix here and and watch it because that sounds that sounds fascinating and it's cool because i went um there are these things called the upfronts and Mm -hmm. that's when like pilots you know how you know how um each year there are new television shows and so there's there's what's called pilot season where all of these new tv shows um Mm. writers write them and they pitch them um to, to networks and and um, the network or the studio might say, "Oh no, like we'll pass," or they might be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Let's, let's make a pilot of it, and then see whether we, we want to buy that pilot and that script." Mm-hmm. Um, and so, at the end of pilot season, they take all of these, these new shows that networks have picked up, and they present them uh, to the ad buyers who who put all of the commercials on um and who oh, really? yeah who who uh pay to keep the networks running and that was so yeah. cool because um it it kind of reminded me of what you were saying where you think you think as an actor like oh like the casting directors have all the power but then you realize oh no like the casting directors yeah. don't have all the power they're just trying to do their job and keep the the showrunners and the producers happy but then you realize oh the showrunners and the producers wouldn't even have a show if the ad buyers in the media didn't pay to put commercials on the network to air during the show. And then you realize that, wow, that, that it's mm. those people who you thought were so powerful are powerful, but there's so many people in the chain of command that have to, have to green light a TV show that it's, that it's really cool. It's like a, a miracle that, that shows ever. <laughs> ever see the light of day <laughs> and it's cool because it kind of makes you realize that wow there are so many so many moving parts that are greater than greater than me that mm. it takes it almost takes the pressure off because you realize that everyone is just trying to impress their boss <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true and actually i mean i'm sort of like picturing myself in your situation so isn't like uh i mean to me the most scary thing would be to um I mean, the auditions, like actually going in the audition and starting, you know, um, are you still scared by this you, or are you usually prepared? Do you have tricks or I don't know? Um, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable if for, for theater and for, for TV and film auditions now, I would say. Um, I think that it's, I think that auditioning is a, is a specific skill set because auditioning is completely different than rehearsing a play or performing mm-hmm. a play. And it's, it's also very different than being on set because it's, you know, you're in a closed off room with, with one person reading opposite you and there's one camera and they put you on tape and then they send you off to mm. people or for theater, you're in a room with, with a bunch of people, but it's, you know, you don't have the costume, you don't have the set, you're not performing in front of a large audience. Mm. Um, so I, I think... I think that I, I definitely feel my adrenaline kick in still, which I think is a mm-hmm. good thing because I think, I think that a little bit of nerves is good because it reminds you like, oh, I, I love this and I want to be doing this. And, and that, that, you know, this, this means that I'm having a, a visceral response to it. So I'm, 
I'm, I'm still doing what I should be doing. But I think that the more you audition, the more you get used to it and you know kind of what skills to practice. And then I think it becomes less scary yeah. because then you can kind of look at auditioning like playing, you know, like as because like we were talking about because you're unemployed as an actor so often that then you can kind of start to reframe auditions and think of them as as these little opportunities for just a minute or five minutes to go into a room and get to act that day. And that's really cool to kind of go in and and perform for whoever is in the room and show them who you are and, and what mm. you can do. And, and so I think that that's, that's really cool. I do still, I think I get nervous uh, singing when I have to sing for auditions and I love singing and I've, I've done a lot of singing. I've done a lot of musicals, but I think that that, that I think I get a little bit more nervous for than uh, traditional straight plays or TV and film auditions. Oh. Yeah. That's, that's actually something very interesting. Um, you do basically everything. Like you, you do voiceovers. You sing. You act. You do like theater, uh, movies, or like Netflix shows. You, you, you can do everything. <laughs> I love, I love that you said that. <laughs> I think that um, you know, I, I don't do everything consistently all the time. Um, I would love to, but I think that, mm -hmm. I think that that's, that's what's really fun is that. There are so many different ways to act yeah. that it's it's a real treat to to be able to do a little bit of everything. I think that I think that my focus kind of changes like some sometimes when I was in New York, I would go through a period of time where I would think, OK, I really want to do a musical right now. And then I would do a musical and then I would think, oh, like I miss I miss just doing a, a play and really getting to delve into these deep, really rich character arcs. And then I would think, okay, I, I think I want to put theater on the back burner for a little bit and and do some on-camera stuff. So I think that my focus has kind of shifts depending on what I'm most most interested in at the time or what I can get people to <laughs> hire me for <laughs> at the time. Mm. Um but yeah, I think I think that each each thing is so different. Just like just like when you act a Tennessee Williams play versus Shakespeare versus musical theater, they're all different styles. But it ultimately is all acting. You just you yeah. you might approach it the same way, but but the the way that you perform and, and showcase the acting depends on the medium. Um, but I think it's I think it's fun to be able to do a little bit of everything. I haven't done very much voiceover work. I would love to though. It seems like so much fun to show up in your pajamas and. And the voice of a, a cartoon, you know? Yeah. But I haven't I haven't yeah, done actually... I haven't done much of that. Yeah, I also think I would love this. But yeah, I love the process you you're describing. Because it's basically like you can do I mean, acting is basically everything. Like you can do uh, like all sorts of things as you said. And also I like the fact that um, I mean, it's like you do something for a little while and then you change. It's like basically we were talking about changing careers. It seems like acting is having like a thousand careers you know what i mean well that, and then and then generally if you're an actor you have there there are all of these different types of things to act in yeah. or act on and then and then you also generally have 
day jobs mm. as well. Yeah, true. <laughs> In addition to that, so you really do, you really do have, have a lot of jobs. But what's cool about the day jobs is that it, it gives you life experience and it makes you mm. more, it makes you a well-rounded human. And the more experiences that you have in life, the, the, you know, more characters you're able to relate to because you've been exposed yeah. to different worlds and, and it ultimately helps, helps you find, find variety and, and different characters and things like that. But, oh gosh, sometimes, sometimes you have a lot of, a lot of, a lot of day jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it makes you a good actor, but it also makes you a better person, I think, to have day jobs and to kind of like struggle, etc. Not that it's good on, on its own, but it's like, Uh, for example, my brother always tells me that I, I have to work and do something I don't like, even if the podcast, I don't know, you, you know, I, I interviewed Jim Curry tomorrow, even if I, <laughs> even if I interviewed him, mm -hmm. I mean, I would have to have a job I don't love that much, uh, at least when I start, because it helps you focus and, and you can always go back to this when you're successful and think like, It's hard to explain, but like it's it's it helps you recenter and think about what you've done before, etc. For example, he uh, now has like a house, etc. He has a nice situation, but he used to clean. Um, how's it called? Like uh, you know the um, the huge truck that carry um, uh, chemicals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he he used to like go inside and clean it. So it's like the, the worst job you can ever think of, I think. And I think that yeah. That kind, of, that kind of like uh, experience really makes you like a good actor, uh, but also a good person. Yeah, I think that I think that all of our emotional experiences make us richer. Ultimately, yeah. like I think that I think that um, as a human, if you you know when you experience setbacks or challenges or or mm -hmm. loss or sadness. I think that then when you experience really incredible things, you're, you're able to feel more gratitude and appreciate them more because you, you have that other thing to compare it to. Um, so I, I do think that that's valuable in some ways. Although I think that, I think that you should also, I, th I think that there are people who, who are, you know, full-time actors or full-time whatever they, they want to be. And I think that that's totally possible for people. I don't think it, I think it, you know, yeah. it's a very small percentage of people that, that do just that, but it is, it is possible. And that's, that's pretty impressive and incredible. Um, but I do think that it's, it's cool to have those other experiences as long as it's not something that, you know, you, you end up being incredibly unhappy in and, and miserable for long periods of yeah, time, yeah. because then I just don't think it's, it's not very good for your, your emotional and mental well being, but. I do, I think, I think, man, some of the day jobs that I've had make for pretty incredible stories, you know, <laughs> I can make, make a movie yeah. just about those, those experiences, those jobs. Yeah. And uh, that's actually what I meant because I mean, I'm probably said it wrong, but like, it's, it's not like you should try to have a bad job. It's like right, right. when, <laughs> for example, when you've become successful, having had, like, I think most actors nowadays have had like shitty jobs. And I think it really helps not getting crazy, just, you know, to remember these things. And yeah, you were talking yeah, about... It helps, you, it helps you stay grounded. Yeah, exactly. That's the word I was looking for. So um, yeah, you talked about the, the bad experiences and loss and sadness, etc. We talked about this in the last episode uh, with Nabila Munshi. 
in, in, it, we talked about like being, um, I mean, that feeling you have when you almost died. So like she was in a car accident and I had like a serious disease and I almost died. And okay. it's like one, when that happens, everything after, although it kind of fades away at one point, but like things that happen after, how can I say this? Like it really helps not getting caught up in things later when you've had these uh, emotional um, experiences. Yeah, I think that's... And, yeah. I think that's so true. I think that um I I think that those experiences are experiences that kind of make us realize what we've taken for granted, not because we intended to take anything in life for granted, but just because we've we didn't know what it was like to not have so you know like if Yeah, it's easy you, to you, yeah. Yeah, like you don't know until you don't have a roof over your head you don't know what it's like to be without that every day and what that does to your exactly. to your well-being and i think that um yeah i think that it it really teaches you how to how to value things and and value relationships and and value people in your life and value your own life um mm. and and not take those things yeah not take those things for granted yeah and like I think that it's kind of like a, a genera generational problem because, I mean, not a problem, but like a gener generational thing because I think that, for example, let's take our grandparents' generation. They never took anything for granted because of the life they had. And for us, we have everything easier than them, you know, not to sound like, a, <laughs> you know, like an old person, but like our lives is objectively much easier. That makes me think of a, a, a lyric by a French rapper. It's like, at the age I had my first uh, McFlurry uh, at McDonald's, my grandparents were, it was World War II, and my grandparents were trying to find stuff to eat, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So it's easy for us to, to take everything for granted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like, I like, that's a very good, very drastic comparison, <laughs> the McDonald's versus World yeah. War II. Yeah, I think that's, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think that it's, it's a real gift mm. that even the fact that like I can I can pursue doing what I love and what I feel most passionate about because the because my mother and because her mother you know because generations before me worked so hard in order yeah. to give their children and their children's children the best possible life so that they could pursue their dreams and yeah I think that's I think that's pretty amazing that that we are living in a generation where we can go after our dreams and it's not always easy but you know we didn't what is that all that was that old saying that people people say like i had to walk a, a mile to school every day in the snow and <laughs> <laughs> that yeah that our our yeah. experiences are we are in a lot of ways very privileged because of the experiences of our parents and our our uh, ancestors for sure mm. i mean it, it's also like it's super inspiring to me to see that we can do anything we want and like there's the internet and i can talk to someone in los angeles and record a podcast like <laughs> it's really something we we should always keep in mind when things are not going going right and like for example sometimes i get like i don't know i send emails and i don't get answers right away and i'm like oh my god nobody's gonna answer i don't have an interview for next week and i'm like freaking out etc and then like uh it actually happened last week and i was like super sad and then in like a matter of like one hour, 
I had three three yeses, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like you you should always try to remember that what we're doing is already awesome and that we don't have to like look for food or you know find a you know what I mean? Like we can just go, there's McDonald's now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I should and be I mean, sponsored. Yeah, you should. <laughs> you should reach out to them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I also think too. I think, I think like for example, my my brand as an actor um, and as like a personality is is something that's very sunshiny, very positive, very upbeat. Yeah. And I think yeah, you're very that, smiley. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think that though, I think that that's really important. It's really important to look on the bright side of things and to mm. have that positive outlook and remember to to live a life in gratitude. But I also think that, you know, we're humans and it's and it's not realistic for that to, to be 100% of the time that we're experiencing that it is okay. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just wake up and you're not having a good day and no matter what you do, you just can't turn your day around and make it a good day. Mm. And I think that, you know, there's, it's, it's okay not to be okay all the time. Um, as, as long as, as long as, you know, you, you are aware and make sure that there are, there are not more days when you're, when you're feeling not okay than when you're feeling okay. But I think that, I think that there's often pressure um, to be, to, to know what you want and, and to be going after it and to always be working toward it. And, um, and I think that that can be, that can be hard, I think, to, to uphold all the time because yeah. sometimes you just need to have a day where you sit in bed and you watch some some netflix and have a bowl of ice cream and then and then the next day is the day when you'll go out and you'll you'll change the world you know yeah um so i think i think that perspective is is also like you know like that we we don't have the same problems or face the same types of challenges that our ancestors face or even that that other people you know other people in the u.s face or other people in the world face on yeah. a daily basis yeah um but it is okay sometimes too, you know, if you're having a bad day to, to acknowledge that and, and recognize that and, and then, and then move on. But, but to, to yeah. allow yourself to, to, to feel that, um, and then, and then remind yourself that it's just, it's just yeah, exactly. temporary and that the next yeah, We don't have better. to live our lives like we are uh, an in uh, Instagram celebrity. <laughs> yeah, we, I think that sometimes that, we're sad and yeah, yeah, especially with the generation that's that's the the generation that's younger than us. Yeah, that have kind of grown up on on watching YouTubers. I mm. think that it's it's tricky with social media as popular as it is. It's amazing because like you can connect with me on social media and we can have this conversation from two different sides of of the world um but i do think it's tricky too because i think that you you grow up and you just see what's surrounding you and you think oh like but my life isn't like that i don't go on amazing vacations to the bahamas every week you know what is what's wrong with me exactly. and it's just that it's with social media there's there's the idea of this is what I show to the public and this is what I don't show to the public. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's why acting is so cool because of that. And, and because of going back to what you said earlier um, about, you know, the experiences that, that 
your grandparents have had that that you don't have to think about anymore. Mm. And I think that what's really cool about acting is that we 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 don't we we live our life and we don't we don't live other people's lives. We don't know what people are going through. So you know, sitting on the subway, someone sitting next to you could have just gotten the worst news of their life and you have no idea um mm. if they're if they're being, you know, mean to you or rude to you or you you don't know what what could be happening in their life. Um, because it's no. not except because... if you're in France, right? Because right. if you're in France, everybody's rude and that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's just that I think is is really interesting that that everyone everyone kind of has their mask of of being in society, and I think that what's amazing about acting is that you can you can go deeper than that, and you can put yourself in someone else's shoes, and you can mm. tell a story that. You know, in in France, I'm sure that it's it's interesting for for you to see what it's like for you know someone who's living in rural Iowa because you have no idea what that experience mm, is like. And, exactly, and the same yeah. for me, if I saw a story about someone who was living in in your neighborhood in in France, I don't I don't know what that's that's like I, because it's not it's not my story as Rebecca but it's it's so cool that we can kind of create not just sympathy for one another but but empathy by watching watching these stories unfold and that's why I think one of the things that I'm I'm really passionate about as an actor is the importance of of bringing everyone's voice into play you know that mm. there's often in in the past it's a lot of times movies are dictated like teenage boys are considered the most popular movie audience a lot of times mm -hmm. movies are made that cater to them or a lot of people in positions of power in hollywood are middle-aged white men and the stories that they're interested in are not the stories that that you know i might be interested in or someone in georgia is going to yeah. be interested in or someone in japan is going to be interested in And um, I think that it's just, I think that as actors, you have such power to open people's minds up to different life experiences. And it's just so important to get everyone's story out there so that, so that little kids who are growing up can look at a TV show or look, uh, look at, a, at a piece of theater and, and see themselves there and, and realize, oh, you know, my story matters, yeah. my voice matters. Yeah, we have to... I mean, you just talked about, like, experiencing different uh, cultures, etc. And I think that's why travels are so important. That's why, uh, for example, my previous guest, Rosie McCarthy, who is from New Zealand, like, that's why it's so important that she is in France and she's bringing something to the company she's working in and she's teaching some stuff, uh, some stuff to French people about France. And it's like, I think that the more we mix, we, um, you know, we experience other things the better we get and that's why um i mean that's what movies can do and that's why having like for example as we talked about before uh, being able to make a movie nowadays with just a camera and upload it on youtube that's why it's so important and yeah like we don't have to uh, 
to to fake it and to make a story that some people like some producers will like etc we we just have to express ourselves and if we are going to be uh, if it's going to be a happy story then fine and if it's going to be a sad story fine too like you know what i mean and mm-hmm. yeah uh, i think i'm going to oh my god we just We've been talking for more than an hour, so <laughs> I'm going to have to stop this. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Wowee. I just realized. Um, yeah, I completely, I completely agree with you. I think, I think that's really cool and, and really exciting and something that's, that's new and unique to the time that we live in right now. And yeah, oh gosh, I would love to travel more. Traveling is something that, that I haven't done a lot of. And I, you know, as an actor, I can, I can pretend I can, I can go to a set and, and it can be, you know, you can go to a soundstage and, and they can have it, it, you know, designed to look like I'm in, I'm in London or something yeah. like that, but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. I'd love to do more of that at some point. Yeah. Well, you should. And let me know if you come to Europe and I actually have one last question. It's like, I forgot the last episode, but usually I ask this, uh, at every end of episode, if you met a 14-year-old girl um, on the street tomorrow, and her name is Rebecca. I mean, she's basically just like you uh, when you were 14 years old. What is the main thing you would want to tell her? Mm. That's a deep question. Take your time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a, that's a great question, though. I think what I would tell her is, is probably what I would tell anyone, regardless of, of whether they were a little 14-year-old mm-hmm. me. <laughs> I think that I would say, um, you matter and never stop using your voice. Speak up for what you think and what you believe in and that you are, you are more powerful than, than, you know, right now, but you matter. Whoa. Well, that was the best way to end up this podcast. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, like that's yeah. I have nothing to add. So, <laughs> thank you so so much for uh, being on the podcast. I'm very grateful for this, really. Of course, and, thank yeah. you so much for reaching out. It's, it has been really lovely to to kind of get to get to chat with you here. Well, same for me. Um, thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you so, so much for sticking with us until the end. It means a lot. What an amazing conversation. Um, I mean, you saw it. This episode is longer than usual because I was so into the conversation. I literally forgot I was recording a podcast. Uh, And yeah, I hope you found it useful, inspiring and interesting. And if that's the case, please feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and social media and share this episode with your friends. If you want to help me pay for the website and eventually meet my guests in person and start a video format of this podcast, please feel free to donate on Patreon. You can give what you want and get stuff in return. All the info you need is on the website wavespodcast.fr, but you don't have to. Uh, If you just stick around, I'll be super happy too. And yeah, I'll see you next week. And as always, please keep listening to the waves.